Merkel Media. This was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. Well, the giant moves. He's got a spear in one hand and he's running really fast and spears Dan and holds him up like this. Somebody yells, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge and I blowed his head off. I feel something pulling at my leg. And I look over and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reached my hand into this bush and I touch air. Couldn't breathe and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster. Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to The Confessionals. I'm your host, Tony Merkel. Thanks for being here. If you have a crazy, wild experience you want to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. That's theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the contact section and you can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me, just get a hold of me. If you want to hear more shows on a weekly basis, go to theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the join button and become a member because there you'll get access to all the exclusive content, the Thursday shows, the Tuesday shows ad-free, and the Tuesday show overtimes, all available to members on the website and on the Castos app. So if that interests you, go to theconfessionalspodcast.com. That's theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the join button and become a member today. And if you want to stay safe and prepare yourselves, friends, go to the preparewiththeconfessionals.com. That's preparewiththeconfessionals.com. There you can get yourself emergency supply food and survival gear. I was actually on the website earlier and I just saw that it really is a website where they offer emergency food. But if you're a camper, a hiker, you're going to love this website because it literally offers everything you would need just to survive on the trail. And that's what kind of hit me. I was like, you know, this is a very practical website, not just a doom and gloom emergency website because, you know, you guys know how I am. I uh, tend to think pessimistically about the future of the world. So uh, maybe that comes out in the messaging. But this website is actually a great website for anybody looking just to have the survival gear when you're out in the wilderness, when you're hiking the trails, going off trail, hunting Bigfoot. You're going to want the fire starters and things like that. And we offer all that kind of stuff, water filtration right there on the website, preparewiththeconfessionals.com. Also, friends, we are going to New York to the Shanley Hotel on July 1st through the 2nd. It's the Spirits Are In Tour. Not just anybody can come. You got to sign up to be an exclusive VIP traveler with me for over 24 hours. We're taking a bus up to the Shanley Hotel. We're going to stop at Sleepy Hollow and a lot of other cool places on the way up and the way back. 
It's going to be awesome. We're staying at the Shanley Hotel. Now, the Shanley Hotel is a very haunted hotel. They make you sign a waiver before you stay there, acknowledging how haunted it is. And we're going to spend a night there at the Shanley Hotel. Lots of great food on the way up and the way back. All food, travel costs, lodging, everything's included in the ticket price. If you want to come on this exclusive trip, there are a few more seats left. You got to contact Creed and Jen at Educated Wanderer to reserve your spot today. Email them, travelgrouptours at AOL.com. That's travelgrouptours at AOL.com. Or you can call them at 973-513-9001. Or check out their website, educatorwanderer.com. And they will hook you up with the spot on the bus to ride with me and all the other listeners up to the Shanley Hotel on July 1st through the 2nd. All right, friends, last but not least, I am going to Paris, Tennessee on August 13th for the first annual Dogman Cryptid Conference. Now, this is an event that is being pulled off by Paranormal Roundtable with Josh Turner. They are having Ken Gearhart host the entire event, and there's going to be a lot of great speakers there. Jody Cook, Barton Nunley, Steve Stockton, obviously Josh Turner, Ron Murphy, Nick Redfern, Kumbo Baker, and of course, I'll be there as well. If you want to get your tickets right now for the first annual Dogman Cryptid Conference in Paris, Tennessee on August 13th, Hit the link in the description below and it'll redirect you to the page where you can purchase your ticket today. There are limited seats, so do not wait because the closer you get to this event, the faster they're going to sell out. So go there now and get your tickets for the first annual Dogman Cryptid Conference. Now, today we got James coming on the show and James going to be sharing his paranormal experiences. But one of the things that kind of stand out with James is that he has these out-of-body dreams that seem to come real where he recognizes things that he kind of foretold through this out-of-body experience. I found it really interesting, and I really hope you enjoy this conversation. So let's get to James right now. All right, today we got James on the show. James, how you doing, man? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being here, man. Thanks for being here. Fellow podcaster, author, uh, awesome, awesome, awesome stuff. Let's uh, let's actually get the, uh, some promotion going right now before I forget. Uh, let the people know about your books, your fictional and non-fictional and the, par- the uh, paranormal podcast. Yeah, well, um, my books, I've been writing since I was a teenager. And um, the books, the main two that are fictional that um, are available right now are... Uh, they're called the Red Lake Entity, and then From Unknown. <clears throat> Excuse me, and they're a mix of um, paranormal plus uh, science fiction, and um, so it's kind of a different genre, I think, but uh, a lot of fun to write. And then um, my two nonfiction books are um, the first one is called The Darkness Rises: Real Life Accounts of the Supernatural, and that's just some. Um, personal experiences that I've had along with some from other uh, writers that I've met over the years um, in that one. And then the other Darkness Rises book, uh, Paranormal Articles, is from when I was writing articles about different haunted places and aspects of the paranormal. Um, I did that for a couple of years, and that's all those articles put together in in one book there. And um, those are all available on Amazon. If you just search for my name, James Salcido, that's S-A-L-S-I-D-O. 
And um, so that's that's most of my writing. I'm always working on new things, but that's what's available right now. Um, that's any good anyway. <laughs> There's some stuff <laughs> out that I wish I could take back. But I anyway. feel I feel the same way about some of my earlier podcasts. So <laughs> yeah. So um, but so that's the writing. Now the podcast, um, because of my experiences, I, I and because of other podcasts I listen to, <laughs> I really wanted to um help in giving more platforms for people to share their experiences. Um, right now I'm mainly doing um, like written submissions because uh, I'm still learning how the, all the, the technology works to do audio and to put in, you know, just learning how all that works. Um, but, um, and then I find things online. So it's a mix of uh, experiences and then um, topic based episodes. And um, you can find all that at salcedoparanormal.podbean.com. And um, that's also where you can find all my social media links and um, email and my uh, link to my Discord server, which is where I do all my live streams, which are which I, I turn into the podcast episodes. And then um, ways to donate uh, if anyone wants to. Never expected, but always appreciated. Absolutely, yeah. So it's a uh, Salcedo, Salcedo, right? Salcedo Paranormal. Uh, Salcedo. Salcedo. S a l s i d o. Salcedo. I looked at I looked at my notes here. I'm like, no, it's Salcedo. Uh, yeah, Salcedo Paranormal Podcast. Check it out, and uh, definitely check him up. Check him out on Amazon and uh, see you know what kind of books he's offers and stuff. There's a lot of people that in the audience really enjoy collecting books and uh, reading these kind of books and stuff. So uh, I'm sure some people will definitely check that out. Uh, so James, you are in the Michigan area and uh, you've had some interesting experiences throughout your life. So we're going to start off with your childhood and the first experience. And we're going to kind of walk through some of this stuff with you and the paranormal. So go ahead and take it away, man. Yeah. So the first two things I should mention are, First of all, I'm legally blind, so um, I was born that way. So I'm extremely nearsighted, which is important to this first story. Um, the second thing is I am terrible with remembering dates as far as when things happened um, or even years exactly. So, But this had to have been in the, I'd say the 90s. Um, I was around... 13 or 14 my cousin was around 9 or 10 um we were really close and his family had just moved into a new house and um we uh <clears throat> excuse me we decided to sleep in the basement because we were not aware of any of your particular your usual paranormal tropes you know of basements and attics being um you know being scary we had no idea about that um so and the house was still, everything was still being arranged and unpacked. And so there was stuff all over, kind of all over the basement floor, but there were, there were paths, you know, leading around to the different, different places in the basement. Um, and there was a big couch bed, a big couch bed in, in the basement at the time. And that's where we were going to sleep that night. So just to describe the basement some more, um, all the lights were, had like strings attached to them. So you had to turn on each light on its own, turn on or turn off. And so 
we only had the light on by the stairs going back upstairs and then on one on above us. And those were the only lights on in the basement. So the rest of the basement was dark. And, um, there were clotheslines strung up between some of the support beams and rafters and things. And there were sheets hanging on some of the clothes because my aunt and uncle had three kids. So it was a five person family. Um, so, you know, there was lots of laundry to do in that. And when that's the case, um, and so we were just sitting in, in the couch bed talking, um, just about kid stuff. I don't even remember now at this point. This was almost 20, well, about 25 years ago, give or take. A couple of years, maybe. I think more like 25 to 27 years ago. Um, and we were just talking, but then we noticed something in the back of the basement in the darker section. Um, there was one of those clotheslines with a sheet, a sheet hanging on it near the washer and dryer. But then above the clothesline, we saw just the the head of an older woman. And this is where my vision, my low vision comes in. I I shouldn't have seen anything except for a blur, just a, a, a bright blur with my vision the way it is. But I could see details. And... Even at that age, I knew that was not right. Um, she had um, like curly white hair, white or gray hair. Uh, she had glasses on. I can't remember her exact eye color, but I feel like it was a, a brighter, maybe a blue, but not sure. Um, and But what, the interesting thing about this was these clotheslines were strung up near the ceiling. And not only that, but there was nothing on the floor. There were no feet on the floor and nothing for anyone to stand on. But so we knew it wasn't a person because <laughs> there was no, there was no way a person could be staying there, you know? <coughs> and, um, she was kind of glaring at us like, what do you, who are you and what are you doing here? And, um, we didn't know what to do because we were afraid if we went upstairs and got the rest of the family and then brought them all back down and whatever this was, was gone, we'd be in trouble for waking everyone up. Um, cause this was not, a, um, like this was the only thing that ever happened to us at that point. Paranormal wise, this is the first thing. So it was not like it was ever mentioned a lot, hardly at all, really, I think, in the family. So we didn't know how they would react. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you've had time to think about this whole first experience and stuff, especially with your with what you were born with, the nearsightedness, um, what, what are your conclusions as to why you were able to see that? Um, I'm thinking I must have been, been seeing either with my mind or I guess possibly like my, my third eye, my, you know, like the spiritual eye, I'm not sure. Um, but that's all I can think of is she was projecting somehow to, to us or, or maybe even more, more so to me so that I could see in detail. 
you know, what she looked like. Um, as, yeah. as you've gotten older, has that kind of thing happened to you again? I mean, I've, I've heard stories of people who are completely blind. They can't see anything, but they can tell you what color you're wearing. It's like this other sense. Yeah, not so much. Uh, most of my sightings I had, they were in my teenage years, which I know is, can be a thing. You know, kids, younger kids, and sometimes even teenagers can have more activity or be, be more sensitive to these things and then kind of grow out of it as they get older. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't feel that whoever this was, was evil, but of course, when you're a kid, you you know, you're not thinking about that. It's just scary, you know? Yeah. Um, cause she didn't do anything. She was just there looking at us. Gotcha. Is that the first and last time that you saw that particular entity? Um, yes, at least in that form. We saw other things in the house. And of course, at this point, after looking into all this over the years, it's hard to say if what you know if they were all the same thing or different things. Um, but that was the last time we saw that woman. So, but there is actually more to that night after we saw her because after we decided we couldn't go and get the family, we thought, well, okay, then we're just not going to look in that direction anymore. You know, just, just ignore it. And that's how we spotted a black cat that the family did not own a black cat at the time. I don't even think they had a cat at the time. I think um, their cat had their cat passed away before the move, I believe, but they didn't have a cat at that point. And it had like orange, orange, just red, reddish eyes. <clears throat> Excuse me, I have allergies, <clears throat> but um, it was sitting. Well, it was kind of like laying on its stomach on the floor, um, almost like um, it's kind of funny, almost like the Sphinx, you know, where it's it's. Stomach is on the floor, but it has its paws out and everything. Yeah. Um, and it was looking at us, but we didn't think it was too weird at first. We were wondering if maybe somehow during the move, a cat had gotten in or if it had been hiding there all along and somehow, you know, the family had missed it. Um, so we decided to go check it out because we both like cats. And um, so we got out of the couch bed, but it was a good sized couch bed and we were both still kids. So we had to look away as we were getting out of the couch bed. And when we turned to look at the cat again, it was gone. But we never heard anything. And I, at this point I was paying attention to everything. And I, I'm because of my low vision, I've always, focused a lot on my hearing. That is one sense that, you know, I've learned how to, to pay attention to. And we never heard any movement. And there were things all over the cement floor. I feel like if it was a regular cat, we should have heard something. Um, as it was moving away. And it was... Um, and it was just not there. There was stuff on the floor right where we had seen it. So 
we were even more scared at that point. But for some reason, as kids, we decided just to get back into the bed. <laughs> and um, so we did that. And then, of course, we look back in that direction and it's back again, right where it had been before. So at that point, we just decided, okay, we're just going to look at each other and then try to go to sleep. And eventually we did, which always sounds weird to people that haven't had experiences, I think, but it's a common thing that happens in these, some of these experiences. And you've never saw the cat again after that, I'm assuming? We saw a cat one time, at least I did, in, in, in my cousin's bedroom, but it, it was on top of a, a shelf in the corner, but near the ceiling where there was nowhere for it to get up onto the shelf. And it was just kind of there, and then it disappeared. Um, so, but other than that, no, we never saw it again. Is there any known history as to the former owner of the house and who they were? I didn't think about looking into that until years later. Um, like, probably about 10 years ago or so. And I tried looking a little bit around online, but I really didn't find anything. Um, and then looking into records in the area is kind of difficult. Um, I have to have everything magnified to, uh, to basically like super large size font. So going into any kind of records in the area would be, it'd be difficult to do that. Sure. It's interesting. It, you know, what you're saying, you know, having that first experience, then the cat, uh, it, it does have that like, that that almost like Hollywood vibe to me where it's, you know, some kind of witch that turns into a cat and she's in the house kind of thing. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, I think they were separate because we saw the cat right after we saw the, the lady. But it was weird. It was very, like you said, stereotypical, you know, like you said, like a witch and her cat almost. So, uh, that that essentially is your first experience that th- yes. those two yeah. combined uh was it a long period of time before things started happening again or was this something that kicked off a, a rapid fire stuff in your life it was um like every other weekend <laughs> i would go there <coughs> excuse me sorry most weekends um when i could just to visit cuz um i really didn't I didn't really have a lot of friends I like went and visited from school over the years. Um, so my cousin was kind of it in, in terms of that. Um, but yeah, so it was not long after this all happened. I'd say like within a year, maybe even half a year or so. Um, so yeah, but that was just the first experience there. Wow. Uh, now, I know we uh, we have a lot of different types of topics to go into, but I kind of want to keep this uh, more uh, in chronological order if possible. So what's the next thing that, that we're going to get into here? Well, the next thing was another weekend when I was there visiting. We decided to um, sleep in the front living room. And um, so we, we had blankets and the pillows and all that, you know. Um, it was in the middle of summer, so we really didn't need like blankets on top of us that much. Um, 
So we were laying in the front living room and just um, trying to get to sleep. It wasn't totally dark. There were street lights outside um, that were, they were coming in a little bit. And but we noticed another light coming from the stairway leading uh, coming down the stairs towards the the front doors and then this front living room was just off to the side of that and this light was the size of a person but there were no obvious like arms and legs or like a head it was just kind of floating a floating mass of this light but inside of it there was the best way I can describe it is like a giant cat's claw in the middle of this light. And I've never heard of a story quite like that. And all these years I've been listening to these kind of shows and looking into these kind of stories, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. No, I was just agreeing with you. It's, it's very odd, different and um, unique. Yeah. So it came down the stairs and then it came into the room that we were in and it was basically right by our feet. It floated right by our feet and then around us and around my side and past me into the dining room, which is in back of that living room. And I didn't like not being able to see where it went. And at this point I was a little curious cause I didn't get any, um, I didn't get any feelings from it. Not like the way we kind of did from the woman. You know, I could tell that the woman was, the, the lady was angry, somewhat angry, but this didn't give off any um, emotions. So I watched it and it floated through the dining room, including the dining room table, table and chairs. And then out through the back wall, which had a window in it. And then out into the backyard. And um, it was, it had to be floating in the air several feet because the house was a little bit, little bit raised, you know, from the ground. So like half a story, maybe I'm not sure, but it floated away. And um, that was the, we saw, I saw that twice, but that was the one time my cousin and I saw it. And then that was it for that night. Wow. So there's the cat thing again. I, I, there, there's uh, there's definitely obviously a pattern here developing and stuff. Uh, very curious as to what this whole cat thing means in these experiences. Yeah, I don't know. Um, the other time I saw it was a little more, a little more um, frightening because we were sleeping in my cousin's room this time, and. Um, he was in a, he had like a, one of those bunk beds that has a space for a table and a, like a desk and a chair underneath it. And, um, I was sleeping on the floor and the blankets under that, the bed. And, um, we had the door closed because there were other people in the house and everything. And, um, as I was laying there, because I was still awake, because I've always been a night owl, um, I I saw this light basically pass through the the bedroom door, 
and it was that same white claw or that that white light with the claw in it, and it just stopped there in front of the front of the door, and uh, of course I was just stuck there. I mean, it was between me and the door, and um, so I just laid there, and then I started seeing these um, these blurs of light in between this thing and me. And they started to change shape. And what they basically ended up looking like in the end was almost like um, parts of like a mannequin. Like the arms and the legs of a mannequin. Almost. Except they almost looked real. But there wasn't any, it wasn't gory. It was just like, it was really strange. It was just arms and legs, but no gore. And they were floating in between me and this thing. And of course I was just, I wasn't going to move, you know? Um, and so I just closed my eyes against it and just focused on going to sleep. And again, somehow I fell asleep. And of course the next morning, you know, nothing there. Now, is this a similar situation when you're seeing this light with a claw in it that you had with that lady where it's almost like it's more projecting into your mind than 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 not because of your condition? I don't know cuz it was close enough where I could have seen it. You know, it was it was like right at the end of my like by my feet. Um so I don't know for sure if that was the case or not. Okay. It's really interesting. And this all happens in this house and stuff. Uh, I'm I'm surprised you didn't stop going back. Well, again, it was just, that was my, my one main friend at the time, you know, and we were, we had the same interests and I don't know. It's just, um, I think a lot of it was just trying to forget those things too, after they happened. But then also just as they happened, I think we just started to get used to them a little bit. So, um, and then really that was the last sighting of anything in the house. Everything else from then was sounds. So it's interesting because you you have that perspective as far as why you kept going back. And I I had just had a guy on the show recently that uh, he was on a side-by-side with his girlfriend had a Bigfoot experience where actually he didn't have it. She had it. And Mm. that that evening she broke up with him. (laughs) I've heard that too. I've heard experiences can, yeah, that can divide people like that. Yeah. And, uh, it, it wasn't until, you know, I guess on Facebook messenger or something, she told him what, what she saw and he's like, all right, you know, so, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, Yeah. it's, it's interesting stuff. So what, what are the things that you guys heard in that house? Well, um, it started off mainly with, um, we would be upstairs in the second floor in the middle of the day and there'd be no one else in the house. Cause this is as like, I was like 14, 15, you know? Um, so it wasn't as big of a deal at the time, at least in those days anyway, for us to be there ourselves. Um, and we were just, um, in the, in the upstairs in, in his bedroom probably playing video games um, at the time we were big into games and um, we would hear doors opening and closing on the ground floor. 
and we would go we would go down to the ground floor and look around and the all the doors would be the way they were there wouldn't be a single door that that appeared to have moved and no one else had gotten home because we didn't hear any vehicles before we heard the doors and where we were at at the time my cousin's room was right uh, above the the garage and so right in front of the driveway you know um and this happened several different weekends over time so eventually we just stopped going down you know to look to look at it because it, it never nothing ever ever happened after we heard the sounds did anybody else comment saying they had weird and unusual experiences outside of you two no and that's the interesting thing yeah it was just us did you guys ask at all or was it just something that didn't get talked about that's true um we didn't really ask yeah i guess i can't say no no one else did but no one has ever since the family has learned about it like once we got to be adults and then also once i put out that book that first book that kind of detailed that experience um no one else has ever said they've had any experiences there that's interesting well i mean if if you have put out that book and they know about the experiences you would think they would have said something if they experienced it were they surprised when they heard about it I think so, although maybe not quite a surprise because they know I've had other experiences in other places. Um, as I said before we started recording, I've had not it doesn't happen every day, but just enough over the years where I could literally talk for hours. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, it it's one of those things where they're probably like, "Yep, that's James. That's James." Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is. I mean, to this day, I still have things that happen in my apartment here and there. Um, so I could go into that in a little bit, but um, there was one more experience in that house that we had. And then after that, it seemed to quiet down. So I'll just go into that and then um, we can move on from there. But we were sitting in that front living room again, middle of the day. Um, back then my, my dad was into uh, collectible sports cards um, and we were sorting them out. I'm not sure how or, you know, what, what we were sorting, but <clears throat> we were in that front room looking at all the cards and everything. And we heard a, uh, a, a, like a bump or a knock on the underside of the floor, um, near one side of the room. And at first we dismissed it. We thought it could be plumbing or, you know, something settling or whatever, you know, in the house. Um, so we kept on talking and then it happened again, but it had moved a little bit away from the, um, away from the side of the room. And again, we kind of dismissed it. We were just thought, well, that could still be the house, you know? And it happened a couple more times as we were talking. And at this point we were starting to get a little bit freaked out because every time we heard one of those sounds, it was a little bit louder and a little bit closer to the center of the room. And finally, the last one, it was really loud and we felt the floor like shake or vibrate beneath us. And we, um, we decided we were going to go outside and wait until someone else, again, we were there alone until someone else got home before we went back in again. And that's what we did. 
And once you went back in there, everything was fine. But now I think about it, it does seem like there was some something or someone there really um, trying to get our attention for some reason. Yeah, it seems like it was trying. It was something was trying to get your attention uh, specifically. You know, I mean, yeah, it, especially since the odds are nobody else really had an experience, uh, and it's just you two. It, it seems like it was a targeted thing. Now, did he ever mention about having experiences when you weren't around? Um, no, I don't think so, and I don't think he ever really has had many outside of that house. So, I think it could have been more. I'm glad I didn't realize this at the time, but I think it could have been more, possibly more pointed at me. If I had known that back then, that that would have been even worse. Seriously, yeah. Uh, wow, that's interesting. So yeah, it does seem like you're the common denominator in all this. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's take a break and talk about our sponsor today, which is Cerebral. Cerebral is an online mental health service that offers prescription medication, counseling, and therapy for anxiety, depression, ADHD, insomnia, and more. We've talked about Cerebral for quite a long time, and it's because it's a great service. Not only do they help you with therapy and counseling, but they literally offer you prescription medication services where you don't need to go to the pharmacy anymore. The delivery will come right to your front door. You can skip the middleman and have your medications delivered right to your door. And on top of that, speaking of at-home services, that's what Cerebral is. It's an at-home service. They offer the prescriptions at home, but they also offer the therapy and counseling at home through their app or on the computer, which means that you can go to the most comfortable spot in your house where you can relax and be calm and then talk to a professional health service expert right from the comfort of your own home. These are services that didn't exist 20 years ago. They didn't exist 10 years ago, maybe even five years ago, but they do exist now and they are helping tons of people out there. And for our listeners of this program, you can receive 65% off your first month of medication management and care counseling at Cerebral.com slash Tony. Go to Cerebral.com slash Tony for 65% off your first month. That's just a total of $30 to get started. Join Cerebral today on their mission to make quality mental health care accessible and affordable for all. All right, so that's the house and your friend. Uh, at, but as you start moving through life, other weird things start happening for you. Uh, I don't know if it's the people visiting you in dreams or if it's the OBE, but uh, feel free to take us wherever you want to go. Well, um, we could go with the OBE because I have that kind of connects to the house too. <laughs> um, so I had a lot of my, my out-of-body experiences and my strange dreams more so more so like in my late teens to early thirties for some reason, maybe mid thirties. Um, but a couple of my last experiences with that were basically, I went to visit that house where my cousin lived had lived. Of course they had sold the, the family had sold the house years ago. So no one that I know lives in there. Um, at this point, they haven't lived there, there for a long time. And what's interesting about that is those times that I, I ended up in that house in my, my dreams and out of body experience, the furniture was always different. Or there was one time where there was no furniture at all. So I feel like I was 
somehow visiting the house, you know, like basically out of body. And I was seeing the, the furniture of the current owners. And then another time I went there, um, it was basically empty, maybe even between owners or something. So your OBE then is almost like um, not just, it's not contained to the present time, but it seemed like it was more futuristic as well. Well, I don't know if they were, and they could have been real-time experiences where I was just traveling there out of body at that moment. Um, because one of the times I went there and I saw furniture I didn't recognize, it was, I happened to be sleeping in the middle of the day. And in the stream, it was the middle of the day. So I don't know. But um, but yeah, I had experiences of being in the upstairs in the bedroom. That was the one time there was no furniture. Um, I had another one where I was in the basement. And what's interesting about that one is there was stuff in the basement. And I remember, I don't know how this could be. But there were these um, paper bags in the floor, just full of random things. And I actually reached down because I saw like a, a, a card, like a holiday or a present or, you know, like a birthday card or something, um, an envelope for that. And I picked it up in the stream. And I started to look at the card and take it out of the envelope. And then basically I woke up not long after that like everything faded and that was not a memory that never happened so it it wasn't like you were just pure dreaming is what you're saying it, it yeah okay <clears throat> now i had several uh, well the good two or three times where i ended up in that basement and it felt real every time and then one time i even remember i went up went up the stairs slowly and i could hear people talking on the other side of the door and i couldn't i don't remember what they said now but like just off in the distance, I could hear people talking and it wasn't anyone I knew. So I, I, yeah, I feel like I went there a good four or five times total over the years. And I'm assuming, cause you didn't mention this, but I'm assuming that this was not something that you were doing on purpose. Like some people do. Yeah, no, I've never, I, every, every experience that I've had with the dreams, whether it's out of body or visits from loved ones, it's all been just, it just happened somehow. I don't know. I don't know how. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know how all that stuff works. I mean, I've talked to, you know, several people who've had, you know, experiences with out-of-body stuff. And, um, I, you know, over time doing the show, you, you start getting ideas and thoughts as to how uh, maybe things operate. Never putting it in stone, but just getting general ideas. But when it comes to to out of body experiences, astral projection. Like I have a very hard time putting, wrapping my mind around it as to how it all works because like, is it the soul leaving the body? Is it the consciousness? Is that the same thing? There's so many questions that I still have for that. Oh yeah. Same here. And, and it is interesting to me that in all my experiences, I think I've only had one where I wound up in the place where I was living. Like you would think I would have more out of body experiences of me just getting out of the bed and realizing, you know, or seeing my body or whatever, as some people have, you know, experiences with that. I never had that. And these experiences, I was always somewhere, you know, 
outside of my home. So I don't know how that works. So you mentioned in the email about these experiences and how I guess it, I mean, the way to me it sounded in the email was that sometimes you have an out of body experience where you go to a place that you don't recognize only to visit it months later. Is that right? Months or even years. Yeah. It is, I mean, is it like something where you have, you know, you, you visit it in real life on purpose or you just stumble across and like, holy crap, you know, I've been here before. Well, I will tell you how it goes with it, with an example real quick here. So I had this dream one time it was, and it was out of body dream. I could feel myself in this location, but it was weird because it's funny you mentioned like the consciousness or the soul or whatever. I wasn't walking around this place. It was more like I was kind of floating around it. And um, it was just like a, almost like a, a lobby or a lounge. There were tables and chairs and some, a couple of booths where people could sit, sit down. And um, there were a couple of TVs that were on, but no sound was coming from them. And there were lights, but they were all like dim ones, almost like um, like uh, security lights or safety lights kind of thing. Um, and but then on on one of the, the 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 walls in the room, it was an interior room. There were no windows, looking outside. Um, on this one wall in the back, there was, I guess maybe like it'd be like a mural or something, or just a design built into the wall where it was a series of like arrowhead shapes in a row. And they were all different colors. And so I floated around this room for a while and I saw that. And then um, again, I have no idea how this works, but everything faded eventually. <clears throat> and um, that was how the dream ended. So years later, I went to this training center for uh, people with low or no vision, <clears throat> excuse me, where you could learn different um, skills so you could live independently with your vision, whatever it may be. And um, it wasn't that place, but this one day we went on a trip, a few of us to this, like a trade school, kind of a college thing. And just to take a tour of it to see if we were, might be interested in that. Well, so we were in this tour and we walk into this room. Boom. There's the chairs. There's the tables. There's the booths. There's the TVs right where I had seen them. And I look over to my left. There's that arrowhead shaped design on the wall. And there were people in the room when I was there and, you know, waking, waking life, I guess you could call it. But there wasn't anyone there in the dream. So it wasn't like a direct, um, you know, premonition or a direct memory or whatever of future events. Because the lights were on, you know, they hadn't been that, like the full lights are on in the room this time. And, but I knew right away that I had been there in a dream. Was it instantly recognizable as to where you recognized it? I mean, was it something yeah. that, okay, so it wasn't yeah. like, you had to put your, you're like, I got to put my finger on this. I don't know. It's like, it hit you like a ton of bricks. It was that arrowhead design. I knew right when I saw that. I mean, I was, I was sure about the tables and chairs and all that stuff, but that design was, you know, 
that was distinctive and that that was it. Wow, that's interesting. And so that, is that the first time that's happened? No, but that's probably the most um I guess you could say like dramatic one or or yeah. definite one that I could really describe that, you know. Yeah, that was just one of them, but yeah. What was your reaction in that moment? I mean, did were you just like did you just, you know, brush it off and like, oh, that's interesting or was it like, you know, more emotional or anything like that? Well, it was, I did stop. I mean, it made me stop and look, you know, just, just like really surprised me. But at the same time, it wasn't the first time that had happened. So I was able to um, just keep on going. And I don't think anyone really noticed. Um, and I mean, I don't, I never, this was way before I started doing anything with um, like getting involved in the paranormal community. So then the people I was with, they they didn't know me very well, so they wouldn't have known, you know, um, what I was reacting to. So, but yeah, it was, I was definitely surprised because I don't, I don't go looking for these things to happen. You know what I mean? Or expecting them to, or, or I don't know. I'm not, I, I take experiences as they come, but like, I'm not looking for them. Yeah. So you're like, you're not a ghost hunter or anything like that. You just somebody who has experiences and you kind of document them as you go. Yeah. I mean, I've gone, I've gone on a couple of, excuse me, a couple of um, public investigations with a a team, like for events, you know, to raise funds for historical locations, but like in general, no, I mean, I, I, I would kind of like to, but logistics, it would, it would not be easy to do. Um, but even then, it's I, I'm I like to be careful too. Yeah, I understand that. Um, it, it's it's one of those things where I think a lot of times people that go through these things that you go through, they uh, they have those different directions that they take after you know post the experience and stuff. Um, I, I honestly, if I if I had the experiences you had, I probably wouldn't want to you know dive into things too much as far as you know. Uh, hunting these things or, or trying to explore the experiences again, because, uh, it it just, I don't know. It would make me feel uneasy. You know, it's like, who knows what you're really dabbling with. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm not, I haven't been like brainwashed by Hollywood where I think everything is evil, you know what I mean? (laughs) But at the same time, I'm not, I'm also not going to, I'm not going to assume that there is none. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I, I like to be careful. Yeah, I, I totally get it. I mean, uh, I mean that's and that's not even with just the paranormal. It's with anything. I mean, you know, yeah, coming from the truck driving industry, right? Uh, your first time sitting down in a tractor trailer to drive it, you're very careful, very cautious. It's unfamiliar. It's 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 uh it's dangerous. It's it makes you nervous, uh, and so it just makes sense to approach things cautiously. Yep. So you had these kind of experiences, but uh, with along the dream state idea, you're having communication with deceased relatives, right? I mean, is this a common thing for you? Um, not no, not really. It happens once in a great while. Happened um, more after, like immediately, immediately after the loved ones that came to visit me passed away. Um, so. Yeah, it was more like a, just right after to show that, you know, they were okay and and uh, to comfort, comfort me that way a little. So, 
What's um, what's the first time that happened? First time, I don't remember it very well, but it was after my my grandpa and my mom's side had passed. I saw him in a dream, and we, I feel like we hugged. But it's that was that happened many years ago now. Um, I mean, I was still an adult, but it was like almost I don't know, eighteen, nineteen years ago. I I, I can't remember, <laughs> but um. That was the first one, but the ones that the one that is the the um, that I remember the the most and the best is this one time with my grandma after she passed. Um, I had this dream where I was in the house where she and my grandpa on my dad's side had lived, and um, I was sitting on their couch. All their furniture was there. But none of their belongings, like the table was there, but there was nothing on it, that kind of thing, except for my grandma's cell phone, which she had just gotten a few years before she passed. And um, it started to, to ring. But what was interesting about that is the screen never lit up. But somehow I knew to pick it up and put it next to my ear. And um, I heard my dad, who was very much alive, um, he, he said that we're almost there. You know, we'll be right there. And I said, okay. And I put the phone back down on the table. And again, most of my family or several members of my family walked into the house. All of them are still alive. That was like they were, it was like they were just, um, they were part of a, a like a play in a way. You know what I mean? They were just kind of like images and sounds. But then after that, in the middle of this, all, all my family, my grandma walked in to the house. And um, now in life, she had to use a cane and sometimes a walker in her last years. But in this dream, she didn't need any of that. And she felt real, you know, whereas, whereas everything else didn't. And she was, she was smiling <clears throat> and she just walked into the house. And we all went into the kitchen and dining room area and she sat down in her favorite chair and um, just looked around at everybody and looked at me and looked around at everybody. And, and um, it, but it was, it was, it was her. And um, I felt just really, I felt relief, you know, and that she wasn't in any kind of pain, you know, she wasn't dealing with any of that. And, um, and she, when she looked at me, I could, I mean, I could feel it, you know? So and that's, um, that, that happened that right, like not long after she had passed. And so that experience, do you think was more meant for you specifically as in like it, it happened because the, the, the comfort needed to come your way? I think so. Cause I was, I mean, I love all my family, but I was very close with my grandma. Um, so yeah, I think so. That's interesting. Yeah. And so you said earlier that this kind of tends to happen shortly after somebody passes uh was there any situations that that's not the case well she has come back a couple times to visit me um once uh (laughs) kind of funny story about my first book my first paranormal nonfiction book um i when i was making it i i was very still very new to independent publishing and i didn't know how everything worked and there were um, problems in getting everything ready 
and getting copies before I was going to have a, a book signing in, in a place near me for this book. And I didn't have the copies yet. And I was really worried that I wasn't going to get them in time, you know? And um, I was literally sitting there thinking about this one day and I kind of dozed off and I felt her hug me as I was sitting there in this chair. And it was just a feeling like everything's going to be okay. It'll all work out. And, um, and it did. The copies came a lot sooner than they should have given when they were ordered and when, and everything. And, um, I, I feel like maybe somehow she, uh, she saw to it that I got those in time. Wow. Yeah. I've never had an experience like that. Uh, and sometimes when I hear other people talk about them, I, I get a little envious in the sense that, uh, I, you know, I, I really miss my grandfather and yeah. I, I kind of, sometimes I wish I could have some last words with him because in the moment when he was passing, you know, the night he died, I was there and I, I'd left before he passed, but I'm sitting next to him and he was, you know, fighting cancer. So, I mean, if anybody's seen anybody mm-hmm. on their last legs with cancer, I mean, they're, they're yeah. just a vegetable. And, um, he, I was holding his hand and he was, you know, squeezing my hand almost just the way, the way, best way he could to communicate. And, and in that moment, I, I just, you know, I was in my early twenties and I, I just, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know. I didn't know it was my first time ever losing a loved one. And so I I just, sometimes I wish I could go back in time and have those, some of those last words with him that I didn't have in the moment, you know, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. I wish I knew why some people get those experiences and others don't. I mean, I totally understand, you know, where you're coming from there. Well, I, I, I think it might be really, it might be a type, the type of person to be honest with you. I mean, uh, it seems like throughout the pattern of the show, I mean, there's people that really just seem to have a life that is more open to paranormal experience than other people's, you know, I mean, Uh the, the, the experiences that you've gone through, I mean, we're talking about, uh, seeing and hearing things that, you know, probably shouldn't be there having out of body experiences, having these experiences with deceased relatives. I mean, those are, three things that I've never had experiences with really, you know? And so, uh, I, I don't know what it is. I mean, some people venture into the more physical side of the aspect where, you know, maybe it's a blood type, but I don't think it is because I, I, I think that simplistic answer, uh, would show much more of a pattern over time than than it has already. Right. Yeah, I agree. So, uh, all right, man. Well, listen, these are some of the, your, your experiences, um, moving forward in your life. Do you have a feeling that any of this will ever subside or you think it's just going to be popping up randomly throughout the rest of your life? Um, I think it'll just be random. I have noticed that I haven't had nearly as many of the out of body experiences over the years. Those seem to have quieted down. Um, I don't, again, I don't know why I'm. I'm still as interested in all this as I ever was, but, um, but I'm also okay with that in a way, you know, again, it goes back to not looking for all this to happen. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I mean, and I still have, um, things happen here and there. Mostly what happens for me now is, um, 
random sounds in my apartment where I live now, then that that's a whole my apartment is a whole other story. Um, but yeah, I I hear random sounds where it's hard to trace them, but they're in the apartment, but it's hard to to figure out where they're coming from. Um, so that's mainly sounds and, and feelings here and there now more than sightings. It's interesting. Uh, so, so you're having these experiences in your apartment and stuff. Uh, and it's just kind of, I don't know if I, I don't think I asked you this earlier. Do you think that maybe your, your, uh, physical condition with your eyes has, um, positioned you to have these experiences more throughout your life, either because, because of your developed sensitivities with your hearing or maybe an attractiveness from the quote unquote other side? Yeah, I think it's possible. Both are possible. Um, again, just because I'm, I'm so used to listening to everything and, um, and yeah, I, um, I don't know. I also due to, I think due to the same condition that caused, excuse me, I was trying to swallow and talk at the same time. That's not fun. (laughs) Um, that caused my vision. See, it was actually a a nerve condition or like a, a nerve, um, Undeveloped, underdeveloped nerves or damaged nerves when I was born. And I don't know if it's the same thing, but I also have no sense of smell and limited senses of taste and touch. Interesting. So my, my hearing is the only sense that works, you know, above average. That's interesting. Yeah. I, 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 my gut feels like, you know, there's gotta be a connection there. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, so, in your apartment, then you're just you're hearing a lot of different types of sounds. Yeah, and then I've had a few times. I have, um, I have a, <laughs> I don't know how how long we have left, but I have a ghost cat that stops by once in a while. Oh, you gotta and, tell uh, me about that. Tell me about it right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so when I first moved in here, um, a few times I had experiences where I felt like the air movement of a cat walking by my feet or my ankles and it didn't make sense with you know i didn't i didn't have any any windows open at the time and this is before i had my cat that i have now so i didn't i literally did not have a cat at the time um that's how it started out was with those but then eventually one one day i saw it in the window but i didn't realize i was seeing it because I was coming home um, from doing errands. There's a local service that can takes people around that have disabilities or that are senior citizens. And I, I just gotten back from doing errands. And sometimes my cat, her name is Logan, she'll sit at the window and watch me as I come in. And then she'll walk away. Well, I saw a cat in the window, and it, but it was really sunny outside. So I thought it was just Logan and I thought the sun was just coming in and shining on her, making her look basically all white because she's a tuxedo cat. She has the darker, you know, darker colors on her back and then the lighter on her stomach. And um, so I opened the door and I saw her or this cat walk behind the door, which Logan will do sometimes. But then when I opened the door and walked in, there was no cat behind the door. And so I walked in and I closed the door and I 
moved further into the apartment. It's not a very big apartment. And um, Logan was asleep on the rocking chair. So she had not moved. And um, what I saw was this, it was a bigger, it was like a, a white, a white, fluffy white cat. And it had like blue eyes. And I saw this thing again one other time, <laughs> again in a dream of some kind, where it was just like sitting in front of me. And I had fallen asleep in my chair. And um, what was interesting about this is I started to wake up and I felt something sitting on me. Well, it was Logan. She was actually sitting on me, which once she got to be older and, and she was a, she was an older cat at this point, she didn't do that. She only did that as a kitten. So it was highly unusual for her to be sitting there on top of me like that. And then, of course, once I woke up, she she jumped off, you know, of course, pushing into my stomach as she did. So so that was uh, unpleasant. But um, so, yeah, I saw her those two times or this cat these two times. Now, since then, I've had experiences where I've been in my bed and I felt like, you know, like you can feel when a cat is walking around on your bed. Yeah. I had that happen, but I knew it wasn't Logan because I never felt this cat jump on or off of the bed. The way I can feel when Logan does that. You know, there's a, there's a big, like a big bump or a shake and, and then they start walking around. But this was just the walking around. And of course, I looked, I kind of leaned up or sat up a little bit and looked all those times, and there was never anything there. And Logan was not anywhere near the bed. You know, that kind of, that kind of reminds me of the, uh, the idea of people having these, uh, I don't know what, what we, you can call them, but these experiences where they feel the people sitting down on the bed, only it's a cat for you. And it's because, the cat has been there your whole life. It's like, it seems like whatever this entity is re resembling a cat seems to just be with you everywhere. Yeah. I don't know if it's, it's the same one as that was at my cousin's house. I, I I'm not sure, but, um, cause this one, when I saw it, it was white. And then the one at the house was black, but it is interesting. I've always been drawn to cats anyway, even as a kid. And yeah. And even even now, I'll have times where I'll hear like the sound of like sometimes Logan will try to get into my my kitchen cupboard, like the cabinets. Um, she'll nudge the door open a little bit and just you know sneak around in there. But there have been a few times, few times where I heard that sound, but then I look down and Logan is right by me, so it's not her. And I've never really had problems with with. Um, mice in this apartment you know the complex is pretty good about not letting any of that happen yeah i need to borrow your cat because i got a cat and we still get mice all the time oh no drives me nuts drives me nuts i oh that's another story but <laughs> it, it's interesting man it really is uh and i'm it sounds like i'd be it'd be a safe bet to say that you're probably going to have more cat experiences moving forward oh i'm sure and it's funny because that's just one of the things that I've had happen in this apartment. I've had a bunch of other stuff, but like I said, I could go on for hours about that. So maybe we can, if you want to do this again sometime, we can save that for another time. Sounds wonderful, my friend. Sounds wonderful. Uh, 
I do appreciate you sharing these experiences on the show, man. It's been interesting. Well, I always like sharing them with people because everyone always has different thoughts when they hear them. You know, the discussion to me is the most important thing. I, I agree. Absolutely. That's what, that's exactly how I, I like doing my show because, uh, you know, it, I, I, I don't know. I just, I think that doing it through a conversational format is, is best because, uh, mm-hmm. you, you get to hear my thoughts. I hear your thoughts. The audience hears the discussion and everybody seems to enjoy it. Yep. Oh, definitely. Well, that's sure, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, please share the show with your friends. I don't care where or how you share the show. Just share the show if you enjoyed it, because that's the best thing you can do to help the show grow. Before we get out of here, I just want to let everybody know I've been getting a lot of emails from people and messages on social about the song at the end of these episodes I've been playing the last month or two. It is Joel Thomas. He is a member of my team for these documentaries I'm doing, and he makes fantastic music. And all you got to do if you want this song is look in the description of this episode. I've been posting it there. So all you got to do is click the link for Apple, Spotify, or YouTube, and you can get that song and all his other music as well. Until next week, friends, stay safe, take care, and remember, the truth will set you free, but first it'll piss you off. Bye.
push me down and I'll go high.